Check one two. This is Bushra. I'm eating a pizza right now. My turn. <laughs> Living my best life. Lena interrupted me, but that's okay. Hundred percent. All right. You guys, I need to stop saying hundred percent because I said that during rounds. And it was hundred <laughs> percent. Really? Oh my god! I, I love that you say hundred percent. I was so. <laughs> I mean, it's a hundred percent in my brain. <laughs> Once upon a time, we were all freaking med students. All right, here we go. Ready? Today, I want to talk about kind of what it's like to be molded into a certain personality and characteristics that physicians have. We come into med school from all these diverse backgrounds, and that's what they're looking for, right? But then you get to the medical field, and it's almost as if, you know, you start kind of seeing yourself different from the actual physicians in personality, in kind of belief system, and the way you view the world. And for me, at least... That kind of gives me a little bit of the, what what's that one syndrome they call? Um, imposter syndrome. Exactly. Imposter syndrome, right? So I see physicians and I'm like, oh, I don't see myself like a physician like they are. Yeah. You know? And that was a big struggle for me going into rotations, right? I mean, we'd be rounding and everybody would be getting along talking about football and, and all these sporty things. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know anything about football. Like there's a lemon shaped ball that they throw around. Like that is my <laughs> definition of football. <laughs> You know, and they like tackle each other and helmets are needed. It was really hard to connect with my team in that sense. I mean, we connected. I worked well with them. But that connection that really makes you become more than just saying we're here for work, right? We have these relationships that we can also identify to, right? And then I hit my pulmonology rotation. My resident was from Saudi Arabia and it was me. And then it was my attending who was from India. The first day, you know, he says, so where are you from? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm originally from Palestine. And, and he's like, I've never heard someone say flat out like they're from Palestine. Like they always say they're from Jordan or Lebanon. And, and you know, and it's like, you should be proud of who you are. You, mm-hmm. sh- you shouldn't hide that. And I'm like, what? The attending is telling me to be me? Like this is insane, right? That's so nice. And it was the first time that I started seeing myself like that imposter syndrome started to kind of go away. I'm like, well, I kind of relate to this attending. This attending shares the same belief so then that we need to be we need to be unique and we need to be proud of our uniqueness and we need to stand up for our characteristics and who we are. He would even give me lessons outside and he says being human is not just the physiology, you know, but the ph- physiology is all about being human. And so I connect with my attending real well, right? So it kind of sparked an idea in my head. We don't need to be fitted into a mold, and I think when we're not fitted into the mold, we show our best sides as well. I think I spend a lot of the time, well, I just started internal medicine for everyone listening and I'm on my subspecialty rotation. So I'm on hematology right now. And I feel like I'm trying really hard to fit into that mold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's so specialized and they like things in a certain way and I'm not used to anything at all. But I do find myself fumbling a lot, which I mean, honestly, I don't think that's in my character to do because I like try so hard to prepare in the morning and I get like this, like (laughs) my heart gets racing. So freaking nervous to like present my patients and anticipate what questions they can ask me and stuff like that. And so I find myself fumbling in that I'm trying to be whatever idea of perfection that they want me to be. And I don't think I put my best foot forward i fumble a ton okay they started they gave me a word in surgery they're like lean you're waffling i'm like you know what <laughs> what <laughs> that's what they keep telling me like lean you're waffling i'm like you know what waffles are good but <laughs> actually that's so true and i noticed i tend to waffle when i'm with a team that i'm not 
like I'm connected with and I'm working with, but there's just that lack of connection that they can't read the way my thought process is. Right. right? But I notice with team members who are of the same background, I worked with um, another Arab doctor on in internal medicine. And as I talked, I think they could understand the way the gears were rolling in my head. They're like, oh, this is kind of maybe linguistics or something. There's something there, right? And so as I was talking, they almost finished my sentences. And I was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> they get what I'm trying to say. Like you start to waffle because then you get worried. It happens to everybody, but they immediately understand it. Whereas people who I'm on their team, but I there's like minimal like connection with, they're always giving me the feedback. We don't know what you're trying to say, or you don't articulate what you're trying to say or, you know, and things like that. I'm like, oh, but I feel like it's really clear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder if a part of that is that, And again, I'm just going to speak from my experience. I think a lot of people that come here with very different backgrounds, I think we're used to um, having to change ourselves up. So when you have an attending who comes from a different background, he'll make the effort. He knows how to make a person feel comfortable and how to make a person feel comfortable is getting to know them. Right. Right. You're going to work with these people for so long. And I think it was very it was remarkable of your attending to say that to you. And the reason I appreciate that so much is I also um, I coached a a Lego team when I was um, in college for elementary students. You get into this role of being the teacher or the person they look up to. Right. Even though we want this like group learning, like I'm learning from the kids, the kids are learning from me. But I remember the the kids really appreciated when I would ask them about their house or like what they were doing at school or like, oh, where are you from? Like, where did you grow up? Um, I had a lot of Latino students, so I'd tell them to teach me stuff in Spanish. And they're like, yeah, we love speaking Spanish. And I was like, keep that. It's really good to know more than one language when you're um, in college. It's such a great skill, because I remember when I was in elementary People told me, no, you need to learn English, like knowing another language is a negative for you. Right. So when you're talking about the story, lean, I think the biggest thing I can think of is because we have learned to shift ourselves so much. I think this attending recognized the importance of making you feel comfortable. And the sad thing is the reason why these other people might not understand you is because they're not used to shifting their thinking so fast. Yeah, I love the way you said that. That's exactly, I think that explains it very well. Yeah, so it makes them uncomfortable that, oh, you're saying something that I'm not used to the way it's said because we talk about this all the time off Mm -hmm. the podcast, right? I think the thing is people get uncomfortable because we're taught to learn medicine in one way. Yeah. Or, for example, if you have a GI bleed, right? They want you to do XYZ tests, but not every human is exactly the same. Right. And that's the beauty of innovation. I had a physician who was Indian. She was a female Indian doctor, which I was so excited to work with because I was like, oh, that's someone like me. I can do this. I see her doing it so I can do it, too. One of our patients needed a probiotic. And in India, we eat dehi, which is basically yogurt. In India, like we all know this, like I lived in a village, right? We all knew if we had a bad stomach, we eat the yogurt. It makes us feel better. And Sprite. Yeah. And now (laughs) and now they have a literal pill for this, like things that we've been saying for years in our like village. They have a pill for this. And she looked at me and she goes, she says the proper term of probiotic. I think I kind of lactobacillus something. Yeah. And I was like, what's that? And she goes, dehi. 
it made me so happy oh, wow. because not that. once did she told me that she knew Hindi or Punjabi. Like I don't make assumptions, right? Yeah. Like I knew she was Indian, but I don't, can't assume she knows the language, right? And she's like, yeah, that's what they're using. And I was like, yeah, that's what we use too. If we have an upset like diarrhea, it helps with the gut flora, right? Mm-hmm. It just felt so comfortable. I cannot explain to you how it I know, feels. It's so hard to explain, and but it, I know exactly it, how you're it describing it. It helps your learning environment. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why, like, there's been so many teams where I'm the only person of color. And, and sometimes it's hard because, yeah, these people, they talk about, some people will talk about football, hiking, skiing. And I don't know that much about that stuff because mm-hmm. I never had the opportunity it's to do those our, things. our cultural background. Right, right. right. Yeah, no, exactly. And I and think it just feels so it just feels like home. It feels welcoming. It yeah. really does. And it also makes you feel like, wow, this person really cares about me understanding this truly that yeah. they went the extra mile to explain it to me in a whole different way that maybe other people like she if she said that nobody else is going to understand that. Right. So yeah. she took this extra mile to say, OK, this is just for Harjeet to learn, you know. Right. And I think that's wonderful. It kind of makes me emotional. Sorry. Because I feel like we all don't get those same opportunities, you know, that everyone gets. Mm. And like, I can't wait till I'm a doctor and I can give those to. I can't wait till I'm a doctor and I can give that opportunity to so many medical students that never thought they could be a doctor because they, you know, every day is a struggle. Yeah, exactly. It's like every day is a struggle. And it's those doctors who like acknowledge you. And notice who you are and where you're from. And they're like, oh, Harjeet, you're from India. (laughs) Like, that's so cool. And like, when you're so used to no one acknowledging your existence, Mm -hmm. it just feels, it just feels so good. Yeah, you feel incorporated into the team. You feel like, yes, medicine is finally a, you know, medicine is a science of learning about humans and all they come in and all the things they do, right? But yet the people who practice it, might not often include be all inclusive as well. And I yeah. think that was the point that I really struggled with as well. Going from that service to another service where if I said something in the most kind of descriptive terms that makes sense to me, and I think sometimes it might be a literal translation from Arabic, and I got, you know, people would say, you sound ignorant when you say things like that. You sound like you need to learn that, you know, words are important. That's what they always say to me. And all I can think of is, you know what? If you think you're smart enough to tell me that words are important, you're also smart enough to know and infer kind of what I'm trying to say as well. You know, in my experience, and I can only speak from my experience, that's lost in so many aspects. I mean, I was lucky to have this service and finally yeah. have this attending with a service that was completely of it's almost Middle Eastern, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that when is that ever going to happen again? And, and yeah, we shaped this service to be us. Right. And what we can give and how we can relate to people. And I don't know. I thought I thought it was great. I Every time like people be like, oh, you should consult pulmonology. It's like all the Middle Easterners will come down. You know? <laughs> You're like, I'm down. <laughs> We're all there. <laughs> right. Um, and what I learned also is the residents who international residents, the one the ones who I worked with from Saudi Arabia, when they knew that I was raised here, but I was also Arab, they would also come to me for for help. You know, they'd be like, OK, so how can I how can I word this or how can I, you know, this is a cultural thing. What do you think this means? And we'd like work together to explain it. Yeah. And like you're they're your seniors, but they're yeah. coming to you for, to learn. Exactly. And that's what I think is beautiful because you know what? You can learn from anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Like I can learn from someone who's 10 years younger than me, who's in a different field. I think just having that open mind and being open, that's the most important thing. 
We think that's lacking in the way that we learn medicine today in general. You know, speaking back to our last theme of tokenism, I think we include people who are open-minded or who elicit that they're open-minded and are of diverse backgrounds to kind of fulfill this image that we are rounded. Mm -hmm. But then as you go through medical school, it's like a funnel. Everybody has to go through the same tunnel, Right. right? And so it's like, yeah, we only just needed that for representation. But in the end, we need you all to be objective thinkers the way we think in the traditional ways of medicine. And there's no other way. And if there is, you've got to come up with a way to bring it back, you know. Um, And I I almost feel like it's just a subconscious undertone. It's not that people are purposefully doing it that way. It's just people are sometimes. I just think it's interesting because a lot of people just kind of buy into the things as they were taught to see them. And so, for example, um, you might see a patient who hasn't been taking their insulin and say they're non-compliant with their medication. Right. However, there is a reason behind that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not non-compliant. Maybe, maybe they don't understand the, the instructions. Maybe there's some sort of cultural misunderstanding. But lately, what I've been finding is that nobody takes that extra step to figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the frustrating part. As medical students, we spend a lot of time, we spend the most time with our patients, our individual patients, because we carry maybe two, three patients at a time. And so we, we can spend more time than the resident or the attending. And I think we have the opportunity to gather kind of like a full picture of the patient and their history and everything like that. However, I think it's the attending and the resident's responsibility to listen to what we have to say and i think they i think rounds i guess i'm just harping on rounds because i'm on internal medicine like nobody likes rounds right (laughs) (laughs) i think rounds is treated more like um it is practiced Mm -hmm. presenting or whatever but half of the time i feel like you're not really listening to what i have to say or you're listening for me to make a mistake so that you can nitpick and, you know, break break all of my quote unquote bad habits. Mm-hmm. But you miss the story. You miss, you know, oh, she has a phobia of needles and that's why she's not taking her insulin. Yeah. And she was set up with home health to help her give her that insulin. But they haven't been coming to her house to get, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. You miss that story, but you're harping on and how I don't know the white blood count differential. Yeah, you're so right, Busher. I think these habits are acquired because maybe their attendings did that to them. I wish we focused a lot more on complete, like the complete patient. And when they're being discharged, not only are they stable, but also are like getting back to their baseline. You know what I mean? Um. So I say all this to say that um, I haven't re- necessarily formed a connection based off of the subtleties of like cultural background and that like minute of communication that we understand each other. But I have felt that with female physicians um, and how kind of the extra steps that we have to take every day just to, you know, put our place in the hierarchy of medicine and um, making sure that people know that we are not we, that we are also physicians or physicians to be in my case. And recognizing that women in medicine have come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. And so like today, for example, I kind of bonded with my intern who's like, hey, 
um, I went to go see this patient and he totally thought I was the nurse and was asking me for X, Y, and Z while I'm in the middle of like trying to examine him and figure out like a plan for him and all this stuff. And he was like, can you take my urinal? And she just looked at him like, I just introduced myself as the doctor that's taking care of you and making medical decisions on your, on your behalf. And also, honestly, the kind of the way that he treated her wasn't okay either. And he shouldn't be treating any nurse that way either. So we just kind of bonded over that. Like if, if she were a man, he would have never acted like that. You know what I mean? It's those things that you're like, I got you, girl. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, you know, there was an intern on my internal medicine team who his name is originally Indian, right? And so we met with a patient. They're kindest patients ever. They were very respectful. Um, However, they could not pronounce his name. And then they were talking about like how the room was really hot and that they needed fans in the room. And then she turns to him and she says, you know what fans are? I'm sure they have a lot of those in India, (laughs) you know? And he's just like, as we walked out, he turns to me and he's like, brown people problem (laughs) you know (laughs) and you know it doesn't always have to be a conversation where you sit down and you actually discuss your cultural backgrounds and beliefs and values and communities i think sometimes it's just finding that essence in that person that they will understand what you're about to say and even if you don't being able to have the mind to adapt and understand why that person is telling you this yeah and i think that is a critical thing in order to solve this problem in medicine and i think you know, as a new as new generations come into medicine and we're choosing people to go into medicine of various but diverse backgrounds, I think we all need to focus and learn how to read into how mindsets are, right? You know, it's not all all mindsets are one way. We need to be able to understand so, every mindset is different. The gears rotate differently in everybody's head. And I think being able to identify that and truly understand the intention behind a person's words. And then if there's something that critically needs to be spoken in a scientific language and cannot be in layman's term, be able to identify the way they said it with the scientific word. Because that's how you learn a language is through connections, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a critical thing for all, you know, all people in healthcare. It's not limited to med- medical MDs. You know, it's everybody in healthcare, anybody who communicates with patients, anybody who even works with other people, various backgrounds. I think that's a critical key to have a critical skill to have. I will say this for my culture. Um, we come, we, we're used to telling stories, right? Like we get together, we talk about people. Every night, yes, tea on the roof. We analyze people <laughs> yeah. and then we learn from that. And I think that's a skill that we will have. And although every physician might not be like us, this is why we're in medicine, right? Yeah. Like we, we just hope, hope they to, don't change us. <laughs> we hope to be the unique the unique doctor that we can be be yeah. our full true self. And I think I always joke about this with you guys when when we're like, "Oh, I didn't get this score, so I can't do this and I can't do that." And I would I always said, "My goal throughout the my medical education and the rest of my life now is that I will not be molded." That I will be who I am, be my true self, because I have something to offer that no one in this world can offer because there's only one Harjeet. Right. Right. Yeah. And that is something I see when I see another physician like me, as you said in the beginning, that, you know, working with people with similar backgrounds, what they do is what that environment does for you is one, you know, you can do that. But second, it's also that comfort of learning and understanding and understanding stories, because I think yeah. stories have such they have so much power. And it's not that we can't be efficient as well. 
it's that we take that time, get that history, right? Take what's pertinent because all of those things will somehow impact the person's care. And that is our ultimate goal, to give them good care, to make it so they're healthy, because being healthy is so important for them to fight for their rights in this world. From my experience, you know, we're used to adapting our mindset and thought process to accommodate the environment we're in. Um, And sometimes that becomes difficult when the other team members, they don't they're not used to that. Right. So it's always kind of like you're hitting a brick wall with your thought, you know, with adapting. But I think with the teams where you've had two people who are really able to adapt their mindsets and adapt their thought process and truly understand, you know, where a person is coming from to connect with you, those teams are amazing. Those teams do excellent work and we are very efficient as well. And Lean, another thing that I can think of is, again, I say this, I've said this in many podcasts, is just like taking that time and just like getting to know the person even a little bit. Like, what do they like to eat? Where are they from? Why did they choose to do medicine? It's just those small questions that really help you like make those connections. Absolutely. So thank you all for listening. We hope that you will be able to take away that how important connections are in order to establish an efficient team and to work well in medicine. We hope that you will continue to listen to us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Bundle of Hers. Thank you. Bye. Is that okay? Bye-bye.